some, sometimes you don't need a doctor to diagnose you you just need a mama thank you April for sharing your testimony you might take your seat here for a moment <clears throat> where's Shannon where's Shannon Thickpen uh, uh, somebody grab him for me please while we're waiting for Shannon to come <clears throat> on yesterday we had an amazing time we had a really good time yeah if you didn't go with us on, on yesterday come on bud if you didn't go with us on yesterday you gotta go the next time um, we, we saw some really cool things happen we touched 300 about 369 people on yesterday that's pretty cool isn't it matter of fact do we have anybody here uh, this morning that you we, we, we ran and ran across you on yesterday okay alright maybe they're not coming till the are you serious hey welcome I'm sorry I, we ain't no country back this church we ain't gonna make you say nothing at the microphone but you just don't we all looking at you because we excited you know we we went fishing yesterday and we were praying about yesterday and we, we, we welcome you here uh, we welcome you here on today um, um, we would love the opportunity to meet you as worship is over look let me just tell you even you know God was so cool um, one of the stops that we made, we just made up our own stop, um, was Hobby Lobby. And I won't tell you the whole story, but there was this one lady. Um, I said, excuse me, ma'am. And she looked around. She goes, hey, how are you? You, you know me? <laughs> she goes, it's been a while. I said, really? She says, well, we, I've lost contact with you. I used to go to the church when you were up at uh, the Gwinnett Center. She says, How, how's your little girl? I said, here she is right here. Look, look at her. And Quad was standing there. She goes, your, your wife was, was she pregnant? I said, nope, he was just one. He was just one then. She, I said, you have, you have a church home? She goes, I hadn't been to church since I left you. I said, man, we would love to have you back again. It was amazing how God coordinated that brother Gibbs had uh, something similar that happened uh, ran into a, a lady whose daughter lives in Gwinnett she lives in Stockbridge McDonough way south of Atlanta and they just she just she'd been looking for us I don't, I don't think folk have heard of Google she'd been looking for us but I mean you know it, it's not just about catching folk who are lost it's about re no it's about reclaiming folk who are lost. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> uh, this is my dude right here. This is Shannon. Come on up here, man. This is Shannon. Yeah. His, his face looks familiar because he's one of the smiling faces that is so faithful uh, to that door. Uh, on, on, on Sunday mornings. And Shannon's one of those kind of dudes. He doesn't look like what he's been through. Um, but 
but it's perfect for where we're heading on today. You see, a lot of people um, kind of fake the funk. By the way, this has nothing to do with my sermon time, all right? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <clears throat> um, I forget what I was about to say. He, he made a, he made a um, pretty beautiful post um, on Facebook, and I just want him, first, I appreciate that he's um, not ashamed of what God has forgiven. A lot of us get held in the prison of our past, but a few of us are willing to step out and walk into our future. And that's what Shannon is. Shannon, just, just you know, if, if I were a Baptist preacher, I'd say just whatever's on your heart. The essence of your, of your, uh, of your Facebook um, if you just just share a little bit, please. Oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna help you. You start off with a year anniversary. Start start from there. August 3rd, 2016, I got released from jail. Got locked up January 31st, 2016, around three in the morning, something like that. Uh, was supposed to be going to the Band of Brothers, but instead got, had to go down the other side of the road instead of going what I wanted to do. Uh, God had different plans for me, so it went down that night, uh, Saturday night, that morning. Stuff got, got into some situation. Uh, but the last and the only thing I said to the police before they locked me up was, do what you got to do. You don't know whose child I am. And uh, it was what it was. Sat down, fast forward, just sat down, didn't know nothing. Uh, didn't reach out to nobody. It's kind of a shame it was what it was, but eventually I got found first person I seen was this dude. Uh, <laughs> it was a, uh, I want to say probably a Wednesday or something, just random. We are uh, out in the middle of the day, just midday, got a random call. You got a visitor. I ain't got a visitor, you know what I mean? But I went in there, first two people I saw was my big little sister, Nick, and Pastor Jay. And uh, <laughs> I had to fight them back. It was about a good 30 minutes of fighting, <laughs> holding them back, because it really did something to me. You know, you don't know too many preachers that'll come around and stick with you during a situation like that, you know what I mean? And, uh, it was big for me to see him out of all people, you know what I mean? Out of all people, you know, <laughs> the last person you expect to see in those situations is your pastor, but the first person I seen was my pastor, and from that point on, it was all cool, but, uh, Fast forward a year later. Yeah, I was about to say, go go back to that part, like how God is restoring you, oh, yeah. and you know where you are now, and what you thought would would never be. All right, so got out so this uh, last August third, two thousand seventeen, with five felonies. I had six; they dropped one. I got five felonies. Uh, just situations, period, misdemeanors and everything like that. It's situations where it's difficult getting gigs or jobs. <laughs> I call them gigs, but 
it's difficult getting jobs in situations where you have a, a record. And me, once you get a felony, you might as well just, in most cases, just throw an X on it because it's going to be a long road, you know. But to have five, I was just like, well, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. So, you know, I never doubted who I am or whose I am. So I always just kept the faith and kept moving. I had a gig. I got a gig after about three months. You said throw an X on it, right? <laughs> okay. I wasn't even looking up there. I know. I know. Just, just, just keep going. Just keep going. Keep the mic close. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I say, five felonies, you just, most cases, you can just hang it up. You know what I mean? Most cases. And then if you got a fighting folks, you got folks praying for you, you praying and doing your own walk, you know, no matter what other folks doing with you, if you ain't doing it yourself. So I always stay digging no matter what, you know what I mean? I had a lot of tough situations, but it's a couple guys here that always been down for me since I've been out, since before I went, even once before I even had, knew I was about to be walking with the man, he was sending people to me that's familiar with my walk to get me to where I am. Okay, all right. You, you know that electrical part, electrician part? You, you know, you was talking about the X. When you just throw an X on it, five felonies. What are you doing now? I install traffic lights. I'm in the engineering field again, installing traffic lights. Was that a crib walk praise? Hey! <laughs> Do it again! Do it again! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> I don't be crippling. <laughs> Good man. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise for Shannon's purpose for his life. You did that, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> mm. All right, so. So wh why did I even share that? Why did I even share that? Shannon's on his way somewhere. Yeah. He, 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 he probably would have discounted what happened if he didn't know who he was. The first thing he told the police officer which is what removed the X at 3 o'clock in the morning on January 31st. He said, just do what you got to do because you don't know who's, whose child I am. Um, when we are God's child, he's able to take it all and redeem it, clean it up, and use it for our good. Now, um, what Shannon didn't tell you is that he started a prayer group in jail. You, you, don't, you don't know half the story. Um, but he started a prayer group. They were huddling in the morning and in the evening.
They're, they're, they're doing, they're, they're having devotions and they're praying for each other. But let, let me tell you something. He, he said, he said, you know, when he looked over and saw me for 30 minutes and his big little sister, Nikki, um, he said he was fighting them back. When he said what he said about me, I'm fighting them back. A pastor ought to smell like sheep. Shepherds ought to smell like sheep. And it is my honor. It is my privilege. It's my pleasure to partner with God to unpack what God is doing in your life. I, I, I said my, but it's ours. <clears throat> if you get in trouble, you get sick, we're going to be there. I promise you that. I promise you that. <clears throat> and, and I think it's because since we love hard, that's why it, it hurts sometimes. It hurts sometimes. I, I had somebody tell me recently that they have um, that they've outgrown the church and, and the word that's here. Look, I want folk to outgrow, outgrow me. You, you are my legacy. I want you to go farther. There's no way in the world that I want Jordan and Quad to stop beneath where her mom and her dad are. They are supposed to build on top. We didn't come into the revelation of God, the Holy Spirit, until 30-something. I'm, I'm 11 years, we're 11 years in the figuring God out. Why should my children have to start back at zero? But what I will tell you is that if your excuse is you've outgrown me because you want to pursue something else, I ain't got nothing but love for you. What did George Jefferson say? Before he put Mr. Bentley out. <laughs> Let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. Some of y'all need to give a benediction to some folk in your life now that, that they think they've outgrown you, but they're just looking for an excuse. Again, we, we love heart. Some of y'all, some of y'all, I don't need to say nothing, but, but we love hard. <clears throat> you know, God has ways of, of encouraging, encouraging us, and <clears throat> I'll tell you about this whole frustration piece in a minute. This past week, um, because the Lord had blessed somebody, turned around and gave us several hundred dollars. It's 500 to be exact. And their message to, to me was, you taught me how to tithe. You taught me how to give. 
And when I figured that out, God started doing stuff. He said, I figured if I just keep giving it, God will keep doing it. Thank you, tithers. But then he said, but what I, what I want to do for you, what I did for you, I just want to tell you, just keep doing what you're doing. God's got ravens. God's got ways. Y'all, we had to put some kids back in school. It's been a steep summer. Every time I see that pretty little girl sitting back over there with that cute one that looked just like me, every time I see her, she needs something else. I mean, she walk up to me, she go, beep, beep, beep. She put her pin number in. But God has ways of sending encouragement, sending blessing. Let me ask you this. For all you who think you're tithing and thinking you're giving, when are you going to stop playing games with God? You know what I don't want? I don't want your money. I want you. There is no way in the world why you should only be reminded to give and to support and to do something, to do what God has, has, has commanded you to do. And you live too good not to be obedient to what God does. You got to come to church to give? Come on now. We ain't trying to raise, keep, keep adults on Similac. We want to raise mature sons. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 that an immature son is really at a disadvantage. He is subject to his servant because a baby doesn't know what to do with an inheritance. And God is growing us all. I refuse to continue to allow folk to be small. If you want to be small... I'll be there when you go to jail. I'll be there in the hospital. But if you can't see beyond where you are, you're living beneath your privileges. Today we've spent, we'll spend a few thousand dollars to pull today off. We start thinking about it. I wish we could crate in some lobster and some shrimp and some crab legs and have a tithers only buffet over here. Because everybody doesn't deserve. I, I knew you weren't going to say, man, I'm so glad you're not playing. Thank you. You don't deserve to enjoy what God does here, some of y'all are experiencing the blessing just because you're close. Just because my cup is overflowing, you're getting a chance to sip from the saucer. I can't afford to tithe. Sheriff, I should let you do this. <laughs> Sheriff shouted, you can't afford not to. It will... 
let, let, let me just stop. Let me just stop. Because <clears throat> if you cannot have discipline in your giving, if you have to be poked and prodded in your giving, you ain't growing. Amen. It ought to be your pleasure and your privilege to give and to sow when God says so. Without music, I want you to take those offering envelopes and I want you to take your, your cell phones if you're going to give digitally. There are instructions in the backs of the pew. I don't want any music, no music, none. We invited the Holy Spirit to come in. I know I was going to say all of what I said. My sermon clock still hadn't started. We, you asked the Holy Spirit to come in. If you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're feeling convicted, you should be. Get it right with God. You ought to make a commitment. <clears throat> if you go out to eat late on the night because you're going to leave here full today, at least I'm on your stomach. If you go out later to eat tonight, can you really eat and enjoy the restaurant that you go to and not pay for it? You know how much the power bill was this, this past month? $1,500. You know how much we pay in rent? We pay $11,500 a month to be here. Where y'all think it comes from? To the faithful 20% that support this church by bringing the Lord his tithe here. By giving to us, thank you. The other 80% owe you a thank you. There would be absolutely no need if we all just did what God said. If, you, if he doesn't give it to you, you don't owe him nothing. But if God increases you, the first part, when you give the first part, God says, I make holy the rest. reason why some of you all haven't received and seen ravens bring you provision is because Elijah had to be obedient so he could get to the place that God was going to send the provision. And you have not been obedient with that in which the Lord has given you. And so therefore, you don't see the abundance. You don't see it. Lift up those gifts if you would. Father, in this moment... <clears throat> I thank you for an impromptu opportunity to talk to the people, your people, your children. Lord, you know me and Pastor Alicia's heart. You've placed excellence on us. You understand the needs in this house. You understand needs in our house. Father, we refuse to lower the standards to accommodate anybody else that will not choose to come to where you are. Father, for every person that is entering into an exchange now, I pray a tither's blessing, and I pray the blessing of the offering, the little bit more, to hit their house. Thank you, God, that our math is not your math. You're able to take a little bit and make it much. You fed 5,000 folk with two fish and five biscuits. You can, do a you can do a whole bunch with our little bit. 
Forgive us for having to be even reminded of what you and your word says. Receive our gifts now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you circulate those containers? And we will get into the word here in just a moment. You don't have a church home and you're just visiting us. We, we, I, I hope you take this message back to your church. And I hope that you are a better member at the church that God calls you to serve. And if you don't have a church home but you keep coming here, I pray that you keep bringing what God increases into this house. Amen. Numbers chapter 22 will be our playground for today and that's just so that you will that's just so that you will know where we will be and I think I want to start at verse number 24 numbers 22 verse number 24 Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Um past three Sundays today makes four. We have been talking from the subject getting to the right place. If you haven't been here, particularly on last week, we preached the broader context of the scripture. Maybe this, these verses don't make a lot of sense to you. I promise that it will if you hang on in there, if you, if you stay with me. Interesting, interesting place that Balaam is the wicked prophet. He hears God, but he ain't living right. He prophesies for money. There's even allusions to the fact that he was morally um, corrupt, that immorality plagued his life. So Balaam has been hired by the Moab king named. Balak, to go and to curse the people of Israel. Uh, my challenge to you on today is, as I prayed, I, I kept asking God, what do they need to walk away with? What, what do you want them to walk away with? Here's the answer. You'll never get to your spot doing it your way. Just think back about two and a half minutes to the text that I read. 
Balaam gets his foot crushed against the wall. So what am I supposed to do? If I'm not supposed to do it my way, what am I supposed to do? Am I just supposed to sit and pray all day and, Lord, what do you want? How do we do this? Uh, no, you get up and you do something. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, is very clear about our instruction. A man's heart plans his way. Anybody got anything in your heart that you want to do? You, you, you want to achieve this? You're trying to, you got a 10-year goal, a 5-year goal. You want to retire with this amount of money. A man's heart plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. And that word directs means to intend to move towards a certain goal. We can have plans, but what God does is bring us to where he wants us that we would ask him to take us if we knew enough about us. See, some of you all are planning too low. And so the reason why God is doing what he's doing to you is to get you on the right path to plan larger. We, we've all experienced some frustration as we've as we followed God, and my heart's desire is to keep us, is to keep you from seeing the podiatrist. Are y'all asleep already? I mean, I could see if we fed you breakfast and gave you bacon and waffles, but the Bible says that the donkey crushed Balaam's foot in the wall. Balaam was on his way to do something his way. But the donkey, what he was riding on, crushed his foot in the wall. I'm going to back back and say my statement again. My heart's desire is to keep you from seeing the podiatrist. A podiatrist is a foot doctor. God's got really big destiny as we just zoom back out for a minute. He's got really big destiny for Israel. He's bringing them to their promised land. Along the way, the haters try to stop them for some reason. Balaam doesn't get the email. Balaam, this wicked prophet, is sent for by Balak. Balak promises him, buddy, I'll pay you real good if you speak a curse against the people of God. Balaam begins to negotiate the deal. And Balaam agrees to sell his gift to speak curses on the one that belonged to the one that gave him the gift. Verse number 24 of Numbers 22. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards. Balaam is on his way uh, to go and do this thing. With a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. She pushed herself against 
the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. I'd imagine many of you are surveying your life now and assessing the crushed feet you have as you've gone counter to God's instructions and are now paying a price. But can I tell you, you didn't start with a broken foot. I, I want to help you from getting your other foot crashed. If you, if you got one foot crushed, I want to help you um, from keeping, and I want to keep your other foot from getting crushed. Now, here's how you prevent a crushed foot. Number one, respect the rules. Say that, respect the rules. God sets boundaries. God sets limits. And those boundaries and limits are enforced. Oh, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You tell your kids when to be home, they better be home. You remember when, 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 the, when the baby was little, you say, don't touch that, don't touch that. And the baby, uh, I, I, I came in this morning and Josh was outside in the lobby and, and Lisa was trying to keep him from touching the lighted up banner and she was trying to stand in front of him and Josh kept going, I, I, he just wanted to touch it. He was trying to, he was trying to touch, he was trying to, she kept saying no and so she stopped him by picking him up because everything, their boundaries, boundaries have to be, have to be enforced. I want you to understand that boundaries just didn't show up, but God created the world with boundaries. And the boundaries that God created are still in place. The land is still separate from the sea. You got a beach, the tide comes in. God said, all right, that's enough. And then the tide goes back out. When was the last time you saw a fish fly or a bird swim? It's because God instituted boundaries. Am I talking to anybody in here? Um, you have to learn to respect the rules. If God made a man and a woman. Y'all really going to look at me like that? You got to respect the rules. Uh, Numbers chapter 22 verse 6. Uh, Therefore, please come at once. This is Balak talking to Balaam, please come at once and curse this people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and whom you curse is cursed. Balak is trying to cross the boundaries that God has established. And how many know? When your kids disobey you, you punish them. You spank them. You chasten them. And so now here is Balaam challenging the boundaries that God has established to try to pay somebody to go across the line that God has established. But the way you keep your foot from being crushed is that you got to respect the rules. When God establishes rules, you got to respect the rules. Here's the second way you keep your foot from getting crushed. You got to heed the need. You respect the rules and then you heed the need. What's the need? The need is to do it your way. 
Some of y'all, there was something that rose up on the inside of you when I start talking about giving and tithing. And you, you, you really push back because you got a better way, don't you? You know how you're going to get that man. You, you, you know how you're going to get that man. Mm-hmm. You're going to go buy you a micro mini. Mm-hmm. Knowing you need a drape. And you got the club that you're going to go to, and you've been practicing your dance. You've been, you've been in the mirror practicing twerking. Because you're going to get a man. Aren't y'all glad I didn't do that? You, you, <laughs> you go. <laughs> and she ain't laughing. You're going to get a man doing it your way. Bro, you ain't going to marry her till you test drive it. You got to see if it's right. Uh, Dr. Doug Rose now, um, sex therapist that we had at a couple summit, he said, he said, as long as you have, uh, as a man, a penis, and as long as you have a vagina, it'll work. What you got to test drive? But no, you want to do it. Some of y'all tripping because I said penis and vagina? All right, just making sure. Um, You want to do it your way. But you got to heed the need. Or else you're going to get a crushed foot. Ah, some of y'all got one foot crushed. Because you didn't heed the need. I'm trying to save your other foot. You got to respect the rules. You got to heed the need. Here's the third thing you do to, to, provo- to avoid getting a crushed foot. Grab the grace. You got to respect the rules. Heed the need. Grab the grace. Strike one. Balaam was already declared wicked. He was prophesying for money. God could have taken him out then. But God gave him grace. Strike two. He was willing to use his gift. His God-given gift. To speak against those who God was with. Strike two. Strike three. He even took the mess to God in the first place. Some of y'all don't know your Bible. After Balak engaged Balaam to go and curse the people of God. Balaam says, let me go talk to God about this. How much you say you going to give me again? Hey, yo, God, let me ask you something. Uh, I got an opportunity. I see an open door. I ain't talking nobody's language. Y'all know how you spiritualize things. I think you're trying to bless me. Strike three, he should have been taken out. But when God gives you grace, you better grab it. You've been living full of the devil and you ain't got AIDS or no other STD. You better grab the grace and put that thing back up. Keep them legs crossed. Because grace will run out. 
I'm talking to somebody in here who God gave you time after time after time after time. You you got so good at your sin, you start asking God for forgiveness before you did it. But there came a time that your grace ran out. You better grab the grace while God is giving it to you or else you're going to end up with another crushed foot. How do we keep our foot from being crushed? We got to respect the rules. We got to heed the need. We got to grab grace. I'm in Numbers chapter number 22, verse number 12. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. In his prayer time, God told him no. Can you believe it that sometimes when you pray, God will say no. Just get over it. Get, get over it. It's not that he don't like you. It's not that he don't want you. But no, you can't do that. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people. God says they are blessed. So Balaam got up in the morning and said to the prince of Balak, go back to your land. The Lord has refused to give me permission to go with you. That was grace. God is clear that Balaam shouldn't. He should not go and curse the people. But what does this fool do anyway? He gets on his ass. I mean, donkey. I'm sorry. I thought that was the King James version that was up there. He sits on his donkey and goes to do. Will you please quit thinking about your neighbor who needs to hear this sermon that ain't here because I'm talking to you. He gets on his donkey and goes to do what God tells him don't do. Verse number 41 of Numbers 22. So it was the next day that Balak took Balaam and brought him to the high places of Baal. That from there he might observe the extent of the people. Why is he even going with the man when God said don't go? I'm just going to go look. I ain't going to do nothing. What's wrong with looking? But God has been clear. Don't go. Isaiah chapter chapter 1. Verse 3, Isaiah 1, verse 3, an ox knows its owner, a donkey its master's manager. But Israel does not know. My people don't understand. Pastor, why would you even, why would you even say that? Because something as stubborn as a donkey does what the master says. But you, God's beloved, keep coming up with reasons and excuses as to why God really doesn't mean that. God wants me to have this. There was this little girl. She was a, she was a, she was a handful. She was a firecracker. And she had done something. Um, her mother said, Sally, go sit in the corner. And Sally looked at her mother. And she stomped off and went to the corner. She sat down in the corner. A few minutes passed by. 
She said, Mom, I just want you to know I'm sitting down on the outside like you told me, but I'm standing up on the inside. That is the classic picture of rebellion. Where, where you, you do it so you don't stand out. But on the inside, when you are rebelling, I'm, I'm going to see if y'all can catch this. When you are re- rebelling, you can act like what you're riding on. Numbers chapter, chapter 22, verse 20. God came to Balaam at night and said, If the men come to you, come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you, that you shall do. So Balaam rose in the morning, saddled the donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. Then God's anger was aroused because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on his donkey and his two servants were with him. Hmm. But verse 18 says, Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me this house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord to do more or less. He, he's gonna, he has the chance, the potential to have a whole house. Full of silver and gold. And so Balaam thinks that God's going to forget what he says and change his mind. So he gets on the donkey and he hits anyway. Two options here because this ain't quite right. God in one text says don't even talk to him. In another text God tells Balaam go with him. Which one was it? Was God being wishy-washy? Was God confused? Did he change his mind? One option, the Lord had already given Balaam permission to go in verse 20. So this, re- this resistance was not against his going, but against his unspoken motive or intention. That's what one scholar suggests. That God is all right with him going, but he don't like why he's going. I tend to believe that God knew what was in Balaam's heart. And that if he, if he had been given the chance, he'd take it. Especially considering how much Balak was going to give him. And God loved Balaam enough to stop Balaam from killing himself. Can y'all make the application to your life? God will sometimes tell you no. You, you ever get on, your, get, on, get on your wife's nerve or your mama's nerve? Mama, 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 mama. When, uh, Pastor Alicia was a, um, was a second grade teacher, first grade teacher, uh, when, um, when we were dating back in Dallas. And there were two teachers named Williams. And her name, to differentiate the two, was Miss A. Williams. 
So she taught in the inner city, and, and the little, little kids would go back, and they say, Miss A. Williams, Miss A. Williams, Miss A. Williams. They would touch her on the shoulder. Miss A. Williams, Miss A. Williams. She could ignore it for a while. But after a while, she what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> Can I tell y'all something? Well, I want to get on her nerves. I just touch her on the shoulder. Miss A. Williams, Miss A. Williams. Boy, Stop. So sometimes, sometimes we just worry God. Can I have a house of gold? Can I have a house of silver? Can I have a house of gold? Can I have a house of silver? God, no, you ain't going to do right with it anyway. Your heart ain't right. So God says, he says, don't go because his will is that you don't go because he's already blessed them. But because you just don't see it. Miss A. Williams, Miss A. Williams, God said, go on and go. We're going to take care of this. You see that foot right there? You ain't going to need a manicure on it or pedicure on it for in a minute. For a minute. You just, we're going we gonna to have you in one of them pretty boots. Yeah, so just, just go on. Go on down there. Go on down there. I got another plan. Since you don't want to do what I want you to do, I'll, I'll resort to one of my angels, one of my messengers. I got another way. I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm almost finished. Y'all ready for them hot dogs, ain't you? Verse 22. Watch this. She smashed his foot. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. Wait a minute. The Bible just said in Isaiah chapter 1 verse 3 that a donkey does what the master say do. And Balaam been riding this donkey for a minute. But because Balaam is spiritually blind, God lets the donkey see in the spirit. And the donkey sees an angel with a sword drawn. And even the donkey got sense not to keep going. All right. Okay. Y'all, y'all looking at me. Y'all, y'all looking at me funny. So the donkey says... It's me or your foot. And so the donkey smashes, crushes Balaam's foot in the wall. Look what this fool does. So he struck her again. This had been a good donkey. This donkey would do whatever Balaam said do. And now suddenly, the donkey tripping? She smashed his foot. First thing. Verse 26. The street got smaller. Verse 25. She smashed his foot. Verse 26. The street got smaller. Then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. Where there was no room to turn either to the right or to the left. Do y'all see that? She smashed his foot. Then the street got smaller. Sometimes God will shrink places you've gone. Sometimes God will make opportunities smaller. Just to get your attention. Oh my God. Mm. I see some of y'all putting some dots together in your mind that if God had narrowed some stuff down, 
you would have stayed on the on the broader path. But God had to make the street smaller, smash his foot to get his attention. Am I talking to anybody in here that God will make your street smaller because he loves you enough to keep you from eternal damnation? Here's his next one. I'm in verse number 27. Verse 25, she smashed his foot. Verse 26, the street got smaller. Verse 27, she saw it and sat down. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused and he struck the donkey with his staff. Mm. 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 We think what matters is what we see. So some folks see a church in an office industrial park. Some folks see a warehouse that's been transformed. Some folks see a well-designed stage. But it's not what you see in the natural. God has opened some of your eyes and he's letting you see in the spirit realm. Ah, I need, to, I need to fight the urge uh, of staying here. You see, what you don't see has more influence on what you do see. You just can't see. The spirit realm affects and infects everything that happens in the natural realm. Y'all look at me like you don't believe me. Um. Okay, so, so yesterday we, we out witnessing me and Quad partnered up. So we, we told you we would we, go to Hobby Lobby. So another person that we talked to in Hobby Lobby, um, Quad, Quad reached this, uh, approached this lady. He, he, he does his thing. He shares with her. He invites her to church. He prays with her. Okay, so then, so then we go on. And so uh, Pastor Lisi and Jordan and Myla are together. The girls are together. And the boys are together. So uh, I said, Quad, I want God to send me a man. Dad. I don't think there are going to be any men in Hobby Lobby. <laughs> I said, buddy, well, let's just start praying. Let, let's, let's take this from a natural level and let's go to a supernatural level. He said, okay. We both start praying underneath our, uh, underneath our breath. And we just kind of walked around and stumbled around and quads in front of me. He goes, dad. Lo and behold, it's this big man. I looked at him. I said, "Ah, uh-huh, there we go. There we go. Because what I do in the spirit affects what happens in the natural. Now, let me show you that God was in it. I walked up to him. I said, excuse me, sir. I said, can you help me with some directions? He goes, mm, maybe. I said, can you, can you tell me how to get to heaven? He goes, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and walks off. Some of y'all missing the power of my illustration. He needs Jesus. God knows that he needs his son. We played on a spiritual level. God loves him enough to send third and fourth to share the good news with him. But because his foot hadn't been crushed, he walks away. Because what happens in the spirit realm, are y'all with me? Has more influence in the natural realm. And so here's now this donkey who sees Balaam and Balaam starts beating the donkey when the donkey sees this angel with the sword drawn. I'm in verse 28. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. I, I wish I had them put the King James version up. I, 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 wish, I wish I had told them to put the King James version up because I think the King James version, um, it preached by itself. If, if I had the King James version, I didn't, I didn't ask them to put the King James version up. And I don't have the King James version in my notes, but the King James version won't come up. So the Lord, the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. Go check the King James Version when you get a chance. And said to Balaam, the, the donkey starts talking. And the Lord opened the mouth. It's in the word. It's in the word. I've been saying for the longest I'm going to preach a sermon when your donkey talks. So the New King James Version says, Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and said to Balaam, Donk starts talking and say, what have I done? What have I done to you? That you're going to hit me three times. Balaam said, with the donkey going to talk to me, I'm going to talk back to it. <laughs> Balaam said, because you have abused me. I wish there were a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. He's so intent on getting a house full of gold and silver until he's going to kill the thing that's been bringing him. So then the the donkey started talking back to Balaam. Am I not your donkey? On which you have ridden ever since I became your donkey to this day. Was I ever disposed to do this to you? You man, you think I'd really just run your foot up against the wall and crush your foot? And then the don- then Balaam said, no. If I'm talking to anybody here with a smashed foot, you might want to listen to the donkey in your life. 
feel like this is like a moment of repentance. I feel like God right here is working on a marriage that you've been, you've been beating. You've been beating your spouse. And maybe not with your hands. And let me find out you've been beating them with your hands. Member, not member, we're going to have a little talk. We're going to have a get-together. Mm-hmm. And I ain't coming by myself. But, but you, <laughs> you, you, you've, been, you've, been, you've been beating your spouse with your words. Or been beating your spouse with your attitude. And now I hear your spouse saying, do you really think I don't like you, that I don't love you. I done been with your old stank behind this long. Do you, do you really think? I just feel like God is trying to keep, keep some relationships from derailing. Trying to keep some marriages together. Verse 30 in the message version says, the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your trusted donkey on whom you've ridden for years right up until now? Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? Balaam said. Mm -mm. God used a donkey to keep him from being killed. I'm finished. Yes, yesterday we were we were at the mall. We we went evangelizing and witnessing. You know, when I get to my when I get a certain point of the, my sermon, I I just I just got to put it down. I just got just got to lay it down. You know, I'm just standing there looking at the screen, typing, hitting delete, typing, hitting delete. Okay, let's let's just go have a little downtime. So it's funny. Quad kept witnessing. Quad had some cards left over, so he just walked in the folk giving it to me. So he got the bug. He got the, he said, Dad, somebody had a cart. He said, Dad, I want to put one of these in a cart. Sorry, buddy. He caught somebody slipping with their back turned. He goes, pew. <laughs> so we at the mall, right? Walking around, and we, we getting ready to go to the escalator. And I, I see this brother with a baby in his hand, got a little another little child. He's with, obviously, the, I don't know if they were married, but he's with a lady. It looks like they at least got kids together. She got another little child. And they got one of the mall, stro- one of the mall strollers. You know them strollers you can't steal? <laughs> them big, long, red ones. They got the steering wheel in it. You put the baby in it. Usually got some Chick-fil-A nuggets down stock caught in the bottom. They got one of these big mall strollers. So I'm, I'm, I'm watching the man approach the escalator. He sees no strollers allowed. There's a picture with an adult and a child holding hands. The mother is pushing the mall stroller. He gets to the front and I'm sorry, saying to myself, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. He picks up the mall stroller from the front. He tell her, you get the back. The baby hanging halfway out his arm. One child walk around digging in his nose and he steps onto the escalator and the escalator stops. It just jams. 
You know the first thing he said? I told you we shouldn't have put this thing. We, we weren't supposed to use this. The, the, the mother, she's like, how are we going? And everybody now looking back like what in the world going on? And they see this fool up there with a baby, two other little small kids, and this big red mall stroller. The line is starting to gather. He's starting to sweat. The baby's the mama, mama, I want some ice cream, mama. They sweat and they trying to turn around. He's stuck because the thing had kind of tipped over. The, the little stroller, you know, didn't know how the mall escalator thing got opened up. So they kind of see he was down. He don't know what to do. So then while he's trying to struggle to get off, everybody on the escalator figures instead of riding down, I guess now I got to walk down. We went in this little store. Next thing I hear, escalator down, escalator down. They got all these men coming to come and put the little fence up, you know, at the bottom, at, at the top, and they radioing. They probably doing something else that was important. But no, they got to come and clean up behind this fool and make sense. The sign, you can't read the sign? We, we, we went on a little while later, came on back by. Now they got, they done called the escalator company man. They done got all the, all the stairs up out the man. I forgot to tell y'all, this dummy is trying to open the little switch. What a little latch is, and he's pushing the button to try to get it started. So now people that want to go down, they can't go down because some dummy has tried to do what he wasn't supposed to do. Are y'all going to catch this in a minute? When you rebel... When, when you go places that you're not supposed to go. When you don't respect the rules. When you don't heed to the need. You end up messing up folk. That are supposed to be riding with you. Here's what else happens. How is Balaam going to explain a crushed foot? Just the same way that dummy was going to explain. He was getting all sweaty. I knew I shouldn't have been doing this. You, you, it's your fault. What you think Balaam going to say? How you mess your foot up? My, my donkey smashed it in the wall? Because I was greedy? No, because then you start functioning in shame. And now you got to cover up your rebellion. And you know, I just didn't. And what I thought was, and you know, and I, and I, I just had to. But then, not only could he not get downstairs, but his family couldn't get downstairs. They had to reroute and go and find an escalator, an elevator, to, like they should have done in the first place, and gone down. You put folk in danger. And then, and then a long time later, Folk that wanted to go down couldn't. Because you had to have it your way. I'm glad y'all got a 20 minute shout in before the service because I'm done. Stand on your feet. Look, look, 
When God has your ex on the map, he's committed to getting you there. And isn't it funny how we, we want to shout because before we got haters, help was there. That's the part that we want to shout on. When truth be told, a lot of us got a Balaam spirit. A lot of us are rebelling against the will of God. I want you just to take a moment. I want you just to take a moment. Just bow your heads. Just bow your heads. Just bow your heads. And if the Holy Spirit has shown something in your life where you have been rebellious, confess it. I'm trying to save your foot from getting crushed. God, I'm sorry. I know what you said. And I didn't do it. I know what you told me about my wife, about my husband. I know you told me to go and just say you're sorry. I know you told me to own it, and I didn't do it. I was rebelling. Some young adults in here. Maybe rebellion has landed in your life. Don't mess up your, the rest of your life. I know you're ready to get to college. I know you're ready to get out the house. I know you're ready to do your own thing. But let me tell you, bills are real. Don't strain a relationship between your parents that is designed to be absolutely amazing. We're just declaring in our house as our daughter enters her senior year, this is going to be the most amazing year. But you know why it will be? We're believing that she's not going to rebel. And we're not going to rebel against her. And we together aren't going to rebel against him. If you want to live your best life, if you want to live the most amazing life, it's got to be a life of surrender. You can't do it your way. You cannot do it your way. Many of you are blind right now to danger because you're intent on doing it your way. As a matter of fact, you probably ought to start thanking God. The only thing that happened was that your foot got smashed. It was either a smashed foot or the angel. When you see in the scripture that the angel had his sword drawn. The next thing was for him to swing the sword. Where have, you, where, where have you rebelled against God? Where have you rebelled against God? Father, right now, you know it. You know it. You know it. I believe, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking. Many of us have rebelled against you in so many ways. We thank you for grace. We thank you for grace. We thank you for grace. And we grab the grace. We grab the grace to happen in our life that you intend. Thank you that you have a place for us. Listen, if you're here, and heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed. If you're here and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you've never...